When it's all said and done. When the pads are all packed up. The refs have packed away the whistles. And the parking lots are empty. One show with three obsessive fans still want to have their say. And because this is Triple M, and because we really don't give a rat, we say, why the hell not? Rugby League. Please welcome AH, Chris and Rose. We are in for something special tonight. This is the back row. Footy from the cheap seats on Triple M. Well, what's that sound, Rose? <laughs> That's the very happy West Tigers fans landing yeah. on the bus at Seabus Super Stadium after the big win from the West Tigers over the Gold Coast Titans. <laughs> um, our thanks and my eternal gratitude on this particular occasion go to the Triple M call team, Dan Ganane, Billy Harrigan, Ryan Girdler, Gordon Tallis, and on the sideline, the polar bear, Ben Hannett. <laughs> <laughs> this is the back row, and you'll probably always worked out that it's Chris and Rose continuing to watch rugby league from the very cheapest of seats. Yes. AH is on an assignment in Fiji, Rose. Ooh, very nice. After my failure to take rugby league to Honolulu, Hawaii last week. Bebeow. She's pretty close to getting the Steelers to have a run in Fiji, and she'll be reporting back next week. We're very, very excited about that possibility. Interesting. Now, Rose, uh, it's time to put down your abacus. <laughs> the Bulldogs will not make the semifinals. Now, come on. Do you accept this? Rose. No, I do not accept this, Chris Gale. <laughs> do you accept this, Rose? All right, we'll be, we'll be coming back to you in greater detail talking about the crisis at Belmore, but tonight we'll be chatting about where the refs are people too. That's the question itself. As I suggested, D-Day for Des Hasler. Is it on the agenda? Yes. In our podcast extra, Australian Ninja Warrior, is Ooh. it the, ultimately, the ultimate political correctness sport. <laughs> we'll have our regular features, the back wrap, just the tip and back row of the week. Oh, very nice. And this is very great news. After <laughs> seven o'clock, the yes. great Steve Mascord, author of his new book, Touchstones. Now that's exciting. 52 gigs and 52 games of rugby league in 52 weeks in a calendar year. Wow. Now that's a book. <laughs> He'll be in the studio. I tell you what we won't be talking about, and that is the release of the PS4 game, Rugby League 4, because we're too cheap. <laughs> You're listening to the back row. We'll be back in a moment. <laughs> Yeah. You're listening to the back row with Chris Scale and Andrew Rose. Rose, we've already taken a call saying, where's AH? I'm a shot duck. I may not be able to finish on that basis. Chris, I just want you to know, when you were away last weekend uh, in Hawaii, not a single call asking where you were. <laughs> that really helps. <laughs> I need my mother. Now, look, um, James Graham from your Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs yes. blew the rugby league world apart earlier this week when he came out with the proposition that referees are people too. Interesting. Is that something you've ever heard? It's something I haven't heard in quite a while. I, I, you know, look, when we talk about rugby league, I think we are the sport above any other sport in the world that hates our refs. We just hate referees in rugby league. Are you over it? Because I think finally I'm over it. Over what? Over the fact that constantly the referees are being blamed for everything that's wrong with the game. Yeah. And I think coaches, they talk about accountability the coaches seem to want to deflect on the performance of their own team every time they lose by having a crack at the referees. I agree with that. For example, after the Raiders went down to the storm last week, this is what Ricky Stewart had to say. The supporters aren't idiots. You only had to listen to them tonight. I walk into the change rooms there, I've got 47 texts. I never turn my phone on after the game, but I thought, I just wanted to make sure I wasn't wrong in what I was thinking tonight. 47 texts. Every one of those texts agreed with every fan out there and everything I believe in, what I see in that game tonight. Why don't the NRL get the referees to come in and answer some of these questions too? Or Tony Archer. When do they ever, ever have to face any accountability? That's my point. When do they ever have to face any accountability? He was actually calling for referees to have press conferences. Whinge, How well would that go? Whinge, whinge, 
whinge. That's all I hear. Firstly, can I ask, what is a 47 Texas? <laughs> I, think that's, I think that's a game of poker, isn't, isn't it? Is that, that some that, sort of poker? It sounds like some kind of Raiders set play. 47 we Texas sh- fold them or yeah, hold them or something like that. We should run 47 Texas. Or it's what I used to get when I was a kid. You know, you used to get that big plastic package of Texters. <laughs> and I think Ricky might have got the 47 Texters yeah. from turquoise to orange. Suspiciously green was missing. Yes, yeah. very... <laughs> Look, look, I don't, I don't know what Ricky's talking about. That, that was a, that was a Raiders home game, right? That he's having a whinge about. Uh, no, I think they might have been on the. Were they at home? Yeah, I think yeah it was a Raiders yet. home game. So his argument of, I got forty-seven Texas, and then you can hear all the fans out there agreeing with you. Of course they agree with you, Ricky. They're Raiders fans. Like, I mean, home crowds will always boo the refs against the calls that their team's getting. Like. Yeah. I, I don't understand. That, that's not an argument to me. I also don't think the, the idea of having referees do a press conference is practical because they've asked, well, ref, what was the offside call? And they said, unfortunately, due to the NRL guidelines, we're not allowed to criticise the referees. So it'd just be dud. Look, I don't, I don't think that the referees should be doing press conferences. And also, what would be the reason for wanting refs to do press conferences besides wanting more blood from them? People just want to blame them for everything. And look, I'm, I'm part of a supporter group for a team that blame refs as well. I mean, we threw bottles at them two years ago when they didn't make the call we wanted at the end of a game. So, but look, I... I have kind of come round to what James has said about, you know, refs are people too, uh, in that the refs do uh, cop a lot of hate. It's dandy if you do, dandy if you don't, right? You know, I was talking about uh, talking to you earlier today about the semi-Rad Raja tackle yep. uh, in the game earlier this weekend where he got tackled and he did that thing, you know, when players get tackled and they kind of just squirm on the ground trying to draw a penalty, but he crawled about 10 metres ahead of the line from where he should have played the ball. No consequences. No consequences at all. And he stood up yelling at the ref that he should have gotten a penalty for that. Semi, you don't cheat and then demand a penalty and get angry at the ref when you don't do it. And the ref let that, the ref let that play go on and, and the game was better off for it. The refs make calls like that 20, 30 times a game and never get uh, you know complimented for it. So it gets worse. This week, you think Mary McGregor from the St. George Illawarra Dragons slash Steelers would pay some credit to the Newcastle Knights for mm. their victory, mm-hmm. but he had this to say about the refereeing. Embarrassing and incompetent. You think they just plain got them wrong? And... Definitely. I think anyone that knows rugby league would agree because the ball went back on the Nottingale one which should have been overruled and it wasn't and the bloke took a dive Hockinson took a dive and he wouldn't have got to the night so well I tell you what Mary I don't agree <laughs> and I'm sick of uh, coaches and some journos going the referees do you agree with me and I think Rose that they should get off the backs of referees give us a call on one triple three five three. this is the back row Triple M, it's the back row here. We've been discussing uh, the opinions of whether we should be harder on the refs, less harder on the refs, and we've got Phil from Bondi calling in. Phil, what's your take? Oh, look, my take's very similar to yours. I think the refs get such a hard time, and, you know, it's always um, from the coaches that are on the end of a loss. Yeah, And there's true. pressure on it. I mean, Ricky, I was reading today, Ricky's got a pretty abysmal win-loss record. He's a, uh, he's a protected he's species, probably, isn't he, Phil? Well, he, and he's probably the biggest winger of all of yeah, them. Yeah, <laughs> that's... Uh, you know, and he's telling his players to take accountability, but, you know, of course there are some decisions that don't go your way, and you could argue, and, you know, everybody gets it in every game, but it's amazing how it's always the guys that are losing, that are under pressure, mm, yeah. that come out and 
don't all they do is bag a referee. I mean, you know, I mean, you're I'm, right. I'm you're right, Phil. 60, I, I think what we should be doing on. is looking for someone like Ivan Cleary to do a pref conference right now and get stuck into the referees <laughs> having won 26 points to four. <laughs> we appreciate your call, mate. Have a good day. Thanks, no Phil. Worries, buddy. Cheers. Okay, we've got Kirk from Penrith online. No, no Keith couldn't wait. Kirk's no, gone. Kirk's gone. <laughs> <laughs> Kirk couldn't even wait for us. But you know why? He was going to disagree with us. He and then was. He, then he heard how good Phil was. Oh, he was completely shook and taken off his game by Phil. Up. Yeah. Well, he was basically going to say that, um, you know, the referee, we should be harder on refs than people already are because we have all this technology. We have the third umpire, the third, you know, the bunker, as we call it in rugby league, and we should be using it. But here's the thing. A lot of these referees now are so terrified of making a call on the spot of, of you know, the repercussions. A ref makes a wrong call. Let's look at the Slater-Soliola thing. And refs get sent down. They get taken out of their positions if they make one bad call. It seems to me a lot of these referees are terrified and, and immediately go to the bunker to kind of pass off that responsibility so they don't get caught up in a lynching. It's been pretty tough this week because Bernie Sutton was stood down from being the head court referee in the bunker as a result of last week's call, so we right. didn't get those magical words of... Oh, have a de- insufficient evidence, have a decision going to the board. It, it felt a little emptier, didn't it? <laughs> Triple M, it's the back row here with Chris and Rose, our good friend A.H. Kelly away for the week in Fiji, scouting for the Dragons, but very soon we'll have the great and very talented Steve Mascord in the studio. But before that, we have Greg from Norellan Vale calling in. Hello, Greg. G'day, mate. How you doing? Good, thanks. What's on your mind, hey, Greg? Regarding your, regarding your comments in about the referees, yeah. um, I totally agree with you saying that they want to get all, all blame taken off them, mm. but... The try that was disallowed today by Jared Hayne, the referee actually called it exactly right. He said, I think it's a one-on-one strip, but just check to see if there's a knock-on after the strip. Right. It yeah. went to the... Um, he got down there, he called that up to the bunker. The bunker came back and said, yes, it is a one-on-one strip. Yes, there is a one-on-one... There is a knock-on after that. Right, yep. Go to the board and it's a no try. Right. You know what, Greg? You've got it right. You've proved our point. Refs are people too. <laughs> Thanks for your call, mate. <laughs> Good on you, Greg. Now, having you back, Chris Gale, there was one segment that was sorely missed last week, and that is Chris Gale's background. Are you ready to bring it back? Ooh. As long as I've got the music. Here we're in. Here we go. Well, here we are. And what a round it's been as uh, the contenders are starting to drop off. I oh, think okay. we might only have 10 teams left. Mm-hmm. It started on Thursday night when Penrith was too good for your Bulldogs, 16 to 8. Yep. On the back of the return of Peter Wallace and Bryce Cartwright, the Panthers put another story on the high rise. <laughs> uh, Bulldog Dean Ritchie described it in the press as a game as having no zip, no zest or no quality. In one word, a stinker. <laughs> and as it stands, the dogs are 260 points with five rounds to go, chasing Hazamel Masri in 2004 with uh, 342. <laughs> Very few highlights of the Sharks win over the Warriors. Probably the best game was the moment where Solomon Okada had intercepted and was steaming towards the line. He almost mowed down one of the yeah. trainers. <laughs> Talk about your collateral damage. <laughs> The other great highlight was actually post-match when New Brown, who suffered a bad head knock courtesy of Sam Lasoni, tweeted to everyone, I pulled up sweet. <laughs> I don't know if you remember New, but he was the guy who once texted, or as Texer, yeah. to quote Ricky Stewart, <laughs> that he heard that you recharge your mobile by putting it into a microwave. Oh. Didn't go so well for New. <laughs> now, the Broncos jumped out to a 12 points lead on the back of an alcohol and drug-free Jimmy the Jet. <laughs> 
but were um, eventually run down despite the absence of Clint Gutherson, clearly yeah. the Eels player, best player this year. Yeah. Mitchell Moses generated a bunch of try assists, including the old favourite, the Harbour Bridge Pass. <laughs> yeah, I heard that. The, the Eels win was only soured by Kenny Edwards, as it's been described in the press, dog shot on Jonas Pearson that maybe he said he shouldn't have done. Right. And the really, really bad news that's come down in the Triple M call team would have told us today about this. Andrew McCulloch out for the season for the Broncos. Big blow. MCL, right? No, ACL. ACL. Probably the worst three letters in the English language. <laughs> now, on the back of a Sean Kenny Dow juggle, a Ross Dog cover tackle, and a 77th minute field goal from Prince Charming, wow. aka Trent Hodkinson, <laughs> the Newcastle Knights registered their third win of the year over the hapless Dragons slash Steelers. So good. So good. Now, the Canberra stars that were all sidelined, Seola, Papali, and apparently it's Rapana, right. we've learned, not Rapana, watched on as the green machine stays alive in this year's NRL competition, albeit on life support. Mm. The Raiders' left edge hurt the Rabbits as much as Sam Burgess' ribs were hurting as he went the field towards the end. And the great, it was great to see winger Mike Oldfield put down his tubular bells to make two tries from two games this year. Well done, Mike. <laughs> The Cowboys, a little bit similar to the Broncos, led 16-6 on the back of a 5-2 penalty count against the Sydney Roosters, including mm. another bullocking try by Rocky Horror, <laughs> a.k.a. Cohen Hess. <laughs> but the Roosters got back on the back of a 9-7 penalty count, and that included a great tiptoeing through the tulips from Anthony Tupu. Though I don't know if anyone has noticed this, but the man never smiles when he scores a try. <laughs> it's all business. He once scored four against the Tigers, and he was in tears at the end of it. <laughs> Now, of course, great excitement here in Sydney because it was a beautiful, balmy 26 degrees and we weren't stuck down in Melbourne yeah. having to watch the storms v Manly. But on, uh, let's face it, we have to acknowledge that President Goat, a.k.a. Cameron Smith, <laughs> is now the most capped forward in the game, 350 games. Wow. He's, he's surpassed Beaver Menzies. He now joins Bar Lamb, and he's got Darren Locker, 355 games in his sights. Wow. Three assists from the great man, and it was all capped off by Molly Meldrum putting a hat on him in the dressing room <laughs> after the game. Uh, back to Matt tweeted that the storms were consummate, clinical, methodical, and beautifully drilled. In other words, nothing like the Warriors or the Bulldogs. <laughs> okay. And finally, on the, ba- on the back of a James Tedesco masterclass, and it pains me to say that, the Tigers didn't pay for continuously cross-kicking to Anthony Don, who is Don, is catching practice, <laughs> and were able to secure a 26 points to four win over the Gold Coast Titans, who were gone as well. And great excitement as Chris Lawrence scored his 76th try for the Tigers and has surpassed the great Benji Marshall. Wow. Rose, that's the back wrap for the week. Welcome yeah. back to the back row on Triple M 104.9 on your <laughs> FM dial. It's almost uh, eight minutes to the hour oh, of yeah? seven o'clock. Don't that- you start making that joke as well. <laughs> <laughs> Chris Gale here with Andrew Rose and somebody on the panel interrupting there. I think his name is Phoenix. Uh, Rose, you and I are just footy fanatics talking the one true code that is rugby league. Yes. This we, We're sort of packaging our two regular segments uh, Nice and tight together. Mm. I think it's uh, time for... Would it be time for Just the Tip? Now on Triple M's Back Row. Just, so just the Tip. Just the Tip. Oh, jeez. Just the Tip. Just the Tip. Bobbity boo, ladies and gentlemen. It's another round of tipping. Tip down. A be humble. You get it? <laughs> you know it's retro round, by the way. Oh, retro round. This, of course, is a Fox League construct. The NRL has nothing to do with it. But there's a great picture of the Matty Johns show cast. Yeah. Is the A-team. And Gordon Tallis, one of Triple M's own, looks like a magnificent Mr. T. <laughs> Does he? But there's also a picture in the uh, Sunday Telegraph of Fletch, clearly dressed up as Randy. Yeah. yeah. Macho Man Savage and 
Buzz Rothfield, it's a little bit outside his wheelhouse, said that's clearly Hulk Hogan. Oh, my goodness. Does he know who the mega powers are? I can see passion in your eyes, brother. I certainly hope that you've got AH's tips, Rose, because I ain't got them. I do. AH has uh, sent me carrier pigeon from Fiji with her tips. So let's get into it. Thursday night, ANZ Stadium. It's my struggling doggies versus the honour roll Eels. Yeah, very, very interesting game for uh, Parramatta fans because it matters to them and they will win. <laughs> okay, AH has also picked the Eels. I believe the Dogs are going to do a bit of upsetting in the last five rounds. People are underestimating them, so I'm picking the Doggies there. Uh, Friday at the actual SCG. This is to do with retro round, correct? 100%. Rivalry round, whatever you like to call it. How, how does AH see this particular one? I, I'm going to guess the Dragons. Yes, Steelers. it's Friday. Dragons, Rabbits. She has picked the Dragons. I have also picked the Dragons. The ding-dong battle for eight spot will see St. George prevail. And a beautiful throwback to a time when rugby league was really peaceful at the SCG yeah. and head-high tackles were a feature of the game. <laughs> the second game on Friday night at 1-300 Smile Stadium. It's the Cowboys versus the Storms. It's so hard to tip against the Storms. Isn't I'm not, it? I'm not going to try now. No, nope, neither am I. We've All three of us have picked the Stormy Boys. Saturday, we've got a triple header starting at McDonald Jones Stadium out in Newcastle. They're on a roll. The Warriors versus the Knights. What does AH think? AH thinks the Knights. Yeah, I think the fairy tale, courtesy of Trent Hodkinson, will continue. Yeah. I like the Knights. We have all picked the Knights there. That might be the first time in history. Uh, The second game is Saturday at Seabus Super Stadium. It's the Titans versus the Broncos. Oh, they were very disappointing today, the they Titans, were, weren't they? They were yeah. uninspiring. And the Broncos, I think, put in a good effort but just didn't get over the line last night. I think, I think the Broncos, Nate H, agrees with me. And at the risk of someone making a bad noise, I think the Broncos will gallop home. In this oh, night. goodness me. And the final game on Saturday night, the other SCG, Southern Cross Group Stadium. It's the Sharky Boys versus the Raiders. Let's hope everyone's got their program so they don't get confused <laughs> and go to the wrong SCG. <laughs> it will be the Sharky Boys. Yes, I agree. The Sharky Boys and AH also agrees. The Sharky Boys. Uh, Sunday, we've got two games starting off at Lotto Land. It's Manly versus the Roosters. Big game? Big game. Toughest one to call, I think. Roosters are surprising me. You think that they're, you know, suffering from the loss of Gordon and Cordner and Friend, and they still came up with the goods last night against yeah. the Cowboys. Yep. I think they'll knock over the Seagulls at Lotto Land. You can bet on it. Wow. AH has also gone the Roosters. I've taken a chance here and gone the Manly Boys. Uh, and the final game, Sunday afternoon at Pepper Stadium. It's the Panthers versus your Tigers. The high rise will be put on hold. Oh, the Tigers. Oh, AH has picked the Panthers. I'm feeling saucy. I'm going the Tigers. Good on you. I think you guys are going to have a bit of an upset roll like the dogs will. This. Uh, and how are the scores looking? How are the scores looking? Well, I mean, you shouldn't ask me that because it's getting a bit sad. Okay, so outright uh, third place now. AH Kaylee on 92 points. That's the crowd cheering for AH. Uh, Chris Gale, you're now outright on second. One point ahead on 93 points. Mm. And I am now, I've, you've, you've, ca- you've caught up. You've got one point on me, but I'm still five points ahead on 98 points. It's yours truly. Good on you. Oh, stop. Felix doesn't even support me this week. You can't even get an applause no, out No, no. He's just, he's, I'm the new AH. <laughs> uh, well, thank you very much. That is another round of Just the Tip. DJ Felix, hit me one time. Oh, I hate manly. <laughs> when it's all said and done, when the pads are all packed up, the refs have packed away the whistles, and the parking lots are empty. One show with three obsessive fans still want to have their say. And because this is Triple M, and because we really don't give a rat, we say, why the hell not? Rugby league. Please welcome AH, Chris and Rose. We are in for something special today. 
tonight. This is the back row. Footy from the cheap seats on Triple M. And yes, sitting in the cheap seats are myself and Rose. Hello. This is the back row. We're broadcasting out of Triple M's version of the bunker. The <laughs> lights are off and we're never really home. AH is on assignment in Fiji, negotiating an event which will be forever known as Steelers in Paradise. And she's also negotiating her own role as a game day ambassador. We miss you, AH. Andrew Rose, will you take time out from watching Japanese wrestling videos on YouTube to discuss rugby league with us in this hour? No! I refuse to. It's the G1 tournament. I'm having a great time. Okay, I'll take at least 20 minutes to talk footy with you. Well, you should, because this hour we'll be chatting about is it time for the Des Hasler bandwagon to be rolled on while the dogs are no longer barking? Uh, uh, we've got a little podcast extra coming up we want to promote about Australian Ninja Warrior. It's the, the ultimate demonstration that it's, apparently it's not a results-based business, baby. No. <laughs> And coming up, we have the incorrigible, the wonderful, the magnificent Steve Mascord, author of Touchstones and so much more, talking all things rugby league. You're on the back row, no flipping. (laughs) We're uh, delighted to welcome to the back row with Chris and Rose, the great Steve Mascord. Now, Steve, he's no stranger to Triple M. He's a very, very keen sideline eye for certain times during games, and I think he's uh, going to be fulfilling that role soon. He writes some blogs for the Sydney Morning Herald, the Discord column set of six. Uh, Stupid Saturday, I think, is another one of his greats. That actually was a theme song for the Sun Herald, wasn't it? That, that <laughs> was. Exactly right. <laughs> you and see, my, my suggestion for the Sun Herald headline on the back today was Night Smoke Joint Venture. Well, they didn't... <laughs> They didn't go with that one for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> no, no. It's the vetting process that gets you, I tell you. He's also the only rugby league journalist apart from Buzz Rothfield who's written for Kerrang. Mm. Um, <laughs> speaking of newspapers, Steve, your book Touchstones was reviewed yesterday in The Australian. And look, none of us generally read The Australian, so I had to get this off your Twitter feed. But it begins uh, from Greg Truman, I think, wrote the review. Um, Mascot, a veteran league journalist and sometimes heavy metal music scribe, qualifies as a veritable train spotter when it comes to his special interest. He churns out in his book more juicy anecdotes than a convention of liars. <laughs> but it's not all movie, music groupies and league players behaving badly. At the heart of this surprisingly affecting book, and I'll vouch for that, is Mascor's discovery in middle age of the identity of his birth mother and the name she'd given him before he was sent to live with the couple who would become his adoptive parents. Stephen, it's great to have you on the back row. Tell us a little bit more about Touchstones and this journey. Ooh. Yeah, um, now you, you've actually opened with that because you heard my first interview when I was asked an open-ended question like that about being adopted and I froze on air with Wendy right. Harmer. So you actually wanted me to do that again, didn't you? But, uh, no, no, it's, uh, no, it's actually, <laughs> no, no, it was, uh, it is, it is a weird thing to be, uh, after all these years of labouring away in relative obscurity, to be uh, talking about yourself and certainly to be talking Mm. about your family uh, background. Uh, One of the best aspects of it has been the the launches we've had so far. Uh, The first launch was in Wollongong and the first two people who bought a book were John Dorohy and Rod Wishart. There you go, Steelers Royalty. And then in Brisbane I had uh, my sister uh, Tammy, she she came down. and Also Steelers Royalty. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Uh, And she came down and uh, and it got quite teary towards the end of the night. And then uh, the other night we had uh, Chris Radley uh, you know, a former Lance Todd Trophy winner who was, yep. was out here negotiating the Wigan game in Wollongong. He came along and spoke. And then we had Mo Mayhem from the great Hell City Glamours. Wow. Uh, he, he was hilarious. He act, pretended he was like, I don't want to talk. And then he was like, you know, doing uh, Doc Neeson impersonations within two minutes. <laughs> and then uh, and then my other uh, bi- biological sister, um, Stephanie, um, got up at the end. And again, we had a few uh, beers under our belt and it was very emotional. In fact, at the end of the night, uh, we were in a bar and I think they were happy with uh, the amount of money that they made over the 
the, the bar. So they played hot for teacher at the end and I was actually able to uh, fill the role of uh, Eddie by walking from table to table <laughs> playing air guitar, uh, finishing up on the bar, uh, which I'm sure if it wasn't my function, I wouldn't have been able to do. So um, it's, been a, it's, been a, it's been a pretty incredible uh, uh, few weeks since I got back to the country, needless mm. to say. Yes. So the two things that occur to me of that, are you David Lee Roth or Sammy Hagar? Uh, I like both, and I know that's not you know like it's not cool to say that, but I really like uh, I really like both. Uh, these days, I'd rather see Sammy because he still can sing. I've, I've been lucky enough to see the circle, you know, with Michael Anthony uh, and uh, and Jason Bonham, and uh, it's pretty incredible. Mm. And I've seen Van Halen. I've, obviously, I've seen Van Halen with David Lee Roth as well. I've never seen Van Halen with Sammy Hagar, so that's my preference. If you're asking who I would like to tour next year, and is there a sequel in this promotional tour? Because the original book was fifty two gigs and 52 rugby league games in 52 weeks? Well, there's there's two opportunities for a sequel. One is for me to do a book tour and go to 50 rugby league playing countries doing a book tour and then write about that journey. Wow. But the other the other opportunity for a sequel is uh, is that just before I left home, my wife called me and, and my last birthday uh, present was a DNA test. Okay. And, uh, and she said, no, seriously, she said a DNA Does test. Does that come wrapped or? Yeah, no, no, it's, 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 all the, it's all the rage, apparently, a DNA test. And I know, and it's so not, sweet. And in order to give my DNA, it's nothing like what you think. It's just uh, just spitting in a, in a test tube. Oh, what a letdown. Yeah, yeah, but. Um, but, but that she, sounds I, like my Saturday night, but anyway. <laughs> but when, when she gave me the DNA test, I thought, oh, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, that's kind of a gimmicky, expensive present. Right. And she goes, hello, you don't know who your father is, DNA. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, point. oh, right. So it uh, turns out that just uh, tonight, my. My uh, wife has spoken to uh, a lady in Brisbane who uh, is from my father's side of the family. Right. Uh, so that's pretty. That's a spin out. Uh, right. And that. So you talk about a sequel. I mean, I don't know whether. I, I, n- I never knew that I wanted to write about it once. Mm. So I certainly wouldn't like to undertake to write about it twice. Yeah. But it's it's certainly uh, it's a big turn and a, a big uh, progression. You know, for me. Well, you have an inner dialogue in the book with your. I guess your biological name, is that how you would describe it? Andrew John Langley? I was born Andrew John Langley, yes. Yeah, and, it, wow. and you speculate that had you stayed with your blood family, you probably would have gone to a private school, played rugby union, Oof. developed and a... Just hand- as badly as I played rugby union. <laughs> I'm sorry, I hope I'm not upsetting any of our listeners out here, but... You swore. But the, <laughs> you is there the a seven-second delay? <laughs> you said that you were... Please dump that, Phil. <laughs> dump, dump, dump. Develop a hankering for indie rock, Ooh. and later as a successful and stable adult, which you're clearly not... <laughs> Uh, enjoyed Australian rules football. Boy, did you dodge a bullet. I, 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 I certainly did. I actually based Andrew John Langley on two people. One was a guy called Mike Langley, who's my cousin, who I only met in the last sort of eight months. And also I based it on a fellow called Andrew Mueller. And Andrew Mueller used to work at uh, On The Street back when I yep. did, 20 years ago. And I actually met Andrew Mueller. It's funny. I keep meeting people now who say they met me in the 90s. And it's like, I don't remember. You know what? Yeah. But, uh, but uh, Andrew Mueller... Um, um, I met, met him uh, again uh, recently, and he was worked on the street the same time as me. Uh, he uh, uh, came from uh, the North Shore, and he liked Aussie rules, and he applied for jobs at Melody Maker and, uh, and NME. Right. I came from Wollongong, liked rugby league, and applied for a job at Kerrang. <laughs> so he was like the, he's like the absolute mirror image of, wow. of me. He got the job at NME, and I got a form letter coming back from Kerrang. But, um, but yeah, so, so I based uh, Andrew John Langley on those two fellas, like what would they think of my life choices? And uh, the answer in many cases was not much. Yeah, let's get them in here. We'll put them over the hot coals. <laughs> uh, we're very lucky to be with Steve Mascord. You're on the back row, Triple M. Yes, Triple M. It's the back row here with Chris and Rose and our good friend Steve Mascord joining us in the studio this evening. Now, news coming through the wire here. This is just a bit of speculation, Chris. 
But uh, the talk is that Paul Gallen and Sonny Bill Williams are finally set to jump in the ring for apparently one of the most anticipated anticipated fights in Australian boxing history. <laughs> I, I don't believe that for a second. What do you think, Steve? I don't watch them, no. these fights. I mean, like, what other celebrities can we get to fight each other? Oh, I mean, that's a good question. Sunday Sunday evening DJs on yeah, Triple yeah, M. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, like, you and Rose can go 10 rounds. That'd rate better yeah, than Sonny Bill and let's Gal. Let's do it. There's discussion that uh, Coda Nasser, his, uh, Sonny Bill's representative, has put this out to the open market because he feels a little bit let down by the Fox treatment. Uh, right. The Green Mundine fight apparently did four times the numbers than the Horn Pacquiao fight. <laughs> wow. I reckon you'll be lucky to get 10 people to watch that. Well, we'll keep an eye on that as it develops and becomes official. But something else we need to keep an eye on this week is the official Des watch. Yeah, Des Hasler's in a little bit of trouble, Chris Gale. Yeah, is it D-Day for Des Hasler? If any <laughs> listeners would like to throw in their 10 cents worth, give us a call on one triple three five three. The Telegraph today says these are the five teams that will decide the fate of Des. Parramatta, the Rabbits, the Sea Eagles, the Titans and the Dragons. Mm. There's a picture of Des from last Thursday's game in sort of fearless fly glasses, which uh, are very similar to what my partner Mary Jane wears. In fact, Steve's got the pair on. And <laughs> I've just taken them off. <laughs> he just took them off. Yeah. <laughs> my partner Mary Jane uh, has a similar set and I showed her the photo and she goes, I look better in them. <laughs> And uh, it was, in fact, Triple M's... See my hair? <laughs> it was Triple M's Jackie Kozolke who said that, have you ever noticed that Des Hasler is a dead ringer for Anthony LaPaglia's character in Empire Records, Joe Reeves? <laughs> it's Rex Manning Day! Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Which, of course, reminds you, you can catch the great Jackie with Joe Thornley and her re- revived podcast, Batchy for Blokes. Yes. We love you, Matty J. But, Steve, I mean, you've obviously interacted with Des in a professional capacity over many years. It seems odd that he gets re-signed and suddenly his head's on the chopping block again. What's happening over Yeah, I didn't. I mean, I've heard uh, Paul Kent, who know more about this, say it's got a lot to do with uh, internal wranglings at the Bulldogs and that Des mm. is just sort of caught in the crosshairs. I agree. I mean, after you've re-signed a coach, I think, you know, I mean, I, I can't understand why he would actually be in uh, in, in jeopardy or, or certainly uh, for not to not continue next year. Yeah. But I did hear someone today say that he'd be well-suited at the Warriors and without casting any aspersions on Stephen Kearney, that was, I thought that was a great call. I right. think I think he could really uh, really sort of whip that uh, joint into shape very, very quickly. But uh, yeah, I'd be surprised if he's not there to start next year. There's one thing you've got to know about our show, Steve, is that we're not experts, we're fans. So we're just mm. as irrational as every other fan that's listening about our team. And I'm a diehard Bulldogs fan for life. Uh, the last five years, I've watched Des make us to every top eight and get us in two grand finals, right? Like, yeah, we haven't won either of the grand finals, but I think that's a pretty solid record for someone coming in. Now, this year hasn't been a great performance. We're not, almost definitely not going to make the top eight. I hate when when fans get on that, that like wanting to chop the head off the biggest person. In what the percentage of Bulldogs fans do you think agree with you? And what percentage are in the other camp, do you think? Um, that is a good question. I, I think... I think the majority of Bulldogs fans, uh, I think the like the kennel, especially the kennel who are the hardcore fans, I think the majority of them would be angry and want change. Mm. And I think they're going to get it regardless of whether it's what they want. You know, Raylene's walking away at the end of this year. She had another year on her contract. And I, I'm pretty sure, if, I'm, if I can remember this correctly, Des re-signed before she walked away, correct? That's right. But the, the trouble is that a number of Bulldogs fans who were supporting Des have now heard Rose and they've gone the other direction. <laughs> but what is the book like? like I, I don't want to be at the risk of being serious, God forbid. I, I, I want to know what the KPIs are for the Bulldogs culture. I mean, like, what is it? I mean, what is it? What is it? I mean, they say that, uh, you know, we're boring, but I mean, even back in the Dogs of War, day, war days, they weren't the most ebullient footy team around. Hmm. Uh, but now being boring is suddenly the biggest crime ever. Like, what is it? They, they're, they're trying. Um, it's just being good. It's just winning, isn't it? I mean, I mean, yeah. is that is that if, if you're hiring someone else, let's say Des is 
replaced. Uh, what, are, what are your criteria for the person you're going to bring in? Is, is it just someone who's going to get your results or is it someone who's got a certain uh, vibe about them, a certain aura? Yeah, I think there's a weird vibe of the dogs the last two years. There, there seems to be uh, some disagreeing. Uh, up high uh, about where they should be, right? Mm -hmm. So you look at it objectively. If the Tigers had the last five years that the Dogs had, you guys would be overjoyed about making two grand finals and all the all the top eights. I wouldn't be here, I can tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> but the Dogs have this winning mentality, right? We, mm. we, came, you know, we came top eight last year and it wasn't good enough. Uh, we didn't get far enough. I feel like we're a winning team. I think... I think there's there's certain people in control of the dogs that are like it's been too long since we've won a title. I don't care that we've made two grand finals. It's been too long. I just want to say this. I think all the clubs whose culture relied on a siege mentality, on keeping secrets, on hating people on the outside, and on basically on you know gentle misinformation. That culture's dead now because mm. of the society we live in. With social media, uh, with uh, I guess people are a bit more selfish now. Uh, people coming into a football club, be they conditioners, coaches, or players, yeah. uh, they're, they're they're not going to throw their uh, workmates under a bus, but they're, they're more individualistic. So I think Trent Barrett is not – Trent Barrett is a perfect person for Manly, even though they've had a poor fortnight because and, – and even and even Jeff Toovey before him, mm. they've all been a little less secretive, a little right. less siege-oriented, yep. yeah. and that and, – and, 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 they've, and they've actually sort of um, managed the transition into the modern world. And I think that whole kind of – you know, um, um, you know that 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 whole kind of secrets and uh, secret men's business and the 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 mad scientist vibe, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. I don't think it works in the society we live in today because people aren't in, they're interested in themselves more than they're interested in secrets. Sure, there's, yeah, yeah, there's yeah. plenty of social change discussed in your book, Steve. We're going to come back to that in a moment, but I can tell you. Even if Des Hasler gets replaced, one bit of the Bulldogs culture will be preserved. Well, the new coach will not be able to park in his car space at Belmore Oval. <laughs> this is The Back Row. We'll be back in a moment. So welcome back to Triple M's The Back Row. <laughs> oh, man. I'm really enjoying you doing the... Uh, Thank you very much. Things. Andrew Rose over there with Chris Gale here and Steve Mascord also in the house. Yeah. A.H. Cayley, continuing our tropical island tours. <laughs> oh, a what? Trying to set up her Steelers in Paradise event over in Fiji. We miss you, A.H., and we're we looking do. forward to having you back next week. Yes. Now, Steve, I've read Touchstones. It is an outstanding read. I've claimed publicly before that I feel a better person having read the book. Mm. I couldn't recommend, more, recommend it more highly. But most that is, I couldn't imagine a higher recommendation. Yeah, he, has, but, he has had more colour in his face the last couple. Uh, yeah, days. well, <laughs> the, the spring of my step is not just you the You couldn't tigers. be a taller human being. <laughs> That's so. true. It's not possible. <laughs> but the most important question about the book is where does one get it? Oh, ah, thank you for asking. That's like the ultimate Dorothy Dixer, isn't it? Um, no, it's it, firstly, it is available in all good bookstores and a couple of bad ones yep. all across Australia. <laughs> but it is also, uh, if you if you like think that you may forget it tomorrow, which is the sort of person I am, if I hear something on the radio, I'll forget in five minutes that I want it. Mm. Uh, then you just go to stevemascord.com and uh, it, it, you can read a blurb about it. You click on the flag. There are flags for many countries, including Greece and Spain. Ooh. But I'm assuming that most of the listeners will want to click on the Australian flag mm. and it will be in your hands by the end of the week. Wow. And it's on sale in Utopia Records. How exciting oh, how, is that? I was very excited. It's between like a, a, a book by a Van Halen road manager. Uh, so there was like two of my books and then like a, two books called Running With The Devil. Oh, nice. I just <laughs> took photos. I just, I was happy. I, and then I bought all of them myself, you know. Uh, but no, <laughs> Sorry, the thing is, if you've ever been to Utopia Records, much like uh, um, maybe uh, some news agents that some of the listeners are familiar with, everything shrink-wrapped. Right, so, yeah. um, so I took them in there and then they weren't on the shelf for a week because they had to be shrink-wrapped because... Uh, <laughs> 
are people going to Utopia Records apparently and just want to stand there and, and read, uh, the read book. books? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So not, not a library. Uh, well, I unwrapped <laughs> the shrink wrap on Touchstones, and one of the things that's always struck me about not only this book, Steve, but the way in which you write is you think deeply about the future of the game. Now, of course, the latest revelations is that the Parramatta Eels have compulsorily retired Isaac de Goyce because of the head knock that he suffered in the preseason. And really, concussion is the issue in the game at the moment. What do you see about the future of rugby league contact sports as it stands at the moment? You know, about five years ago, I said I'd give body contact sport uh, uh, 200 years. I wouldn't give it 100 now. Yeah. Um, you know, like I just think it's uh, as far as even if you're not talking about health, you're just talking about litigation. Uh, I can't um, see it continuing. I mean, I remember the rollerball movies in Steven Spielberg back in the 70s Ooh, yeah. where they would like kill people, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I guess, uh, you know, to the, you know, to, to people in... Uh, in in maybe fifty years' time, and a state of origin will be like rollerball is to us now. So, um, an interesting discussion. Uh, on the radio here this afternoon, this very radio station about, you know, rugby league should be marketed differently as a participant sport, as a spectator sport, uh, and that it shouldn't be marketed as a gladiatorial uh, sport to kids. I mean, maybe we do need to get to the point where touch and tag are actually, they are the participant versions of rugby league. And then mm. uh, you get guys who, you know, become full-time athletes and have to be tested before they can even play one game. I'm looking 100 years in the future, but maybe that is the way it is. That uh, If we want, and then there's a huge battle because rugby union in many parts of the world uh, has uh, a stranglehold on uh, touch and, and tag. So yeah. so rugby league then is, is in a battle uh, to be identified as the touch and tag sport and not rugby union. Right. Uh, it, it, but yeah, I this thing that we all follow, you know, I think uh, I think it, it won't disappear in our lifetimes, but but I think maybe not long after we're gone, it might it will disappear. Isn't it true that they might throw you in jail in some jurisdictions if you're rugby league, not rugby union? That'd well, be right. Th- well, that's my, uh, he, he should have his own show on Triple M, Soul Locked at. <laughs> I can't believe it. That's the thing. Like rugby league uh, is not as united as it should be because you know Sol Mokdad uh, was thrown in jail uh, for 13 nights for promoting rugby league in the United Arab Emirates because rugby union was officially recognised by the government and they accused him of fraud because you're not you can't be rugby. We're rugby, wow. and uh, you know to me if uh, you know uh, everyone involved in rugby league should have been outraged about that. Uh, mm. But then again, you know when when rugby league was outlawed in France during the Second World War, uh, no one really was up in arms about it for 50 years yeah so uh it's just the way we are we kind of a bit we are inward looking as a sport we live hand to mouth you know it's really interesting what you were just saying before about sport in the long term and about how contact will go out of it where does that leave things uh that are uh, contact for its goal things like ufc and stuff will there be uh, a divide where because i understand why sport is i think you're going to say sex you know (laughs) (laughs) well the moment we can find that turn that into a viable televised sport i'm sure it will (laughs) be i told you by saturday you don't watch the same programs as i do (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. i'm ordering the wrong (laughs) pay-per-views apparently but uh you know we've got something like ufc where they do kind of have that mindset that you just said steve about you don't step into the octagon until you're qualified to do it you can't you can't do ufc for a school you can't play penrith under sevens yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. you can't be an under sevens ufc guy so you've got to be a certain level to get into that octagon to take that kind of punishment and for some reason people are okay with the violence that happens in that octagon because of that level of skill you have to get to get into the octagon but things like rugby league and stuff they obviously want to keep the players playing for as long as possible to make the most amount of money possible and that's the other thing the other thing is like in in ufc as i understand you don't have parents washing the jumpers for free you don't have people working in the canteen 
in yes. for free. So the, a lot of the things that are being done to clean up rugby league that annoy some of the old stages, they're done because we have volunteers and we have a duty of care to the volunteers and the volunteers won't come anymore right. if, uh, if we don't uh, uh, make it an attractive sport for kids. So as soon as you uh, eliminate the amateur side, then suddenly all your values change. The whole yeah. paradigm changes if, you, if, you, if you're not a participant sport anymore, if you're just a spectator sport. Yeah, well, look, I, I have the same kind of view. The one, the one difference with USC to what you're comparing to rugby league is that when someone's knocked out in the UFC, they don't have a voice come over the speakers going, insufficient evidence, have a decision, I'm going to the board. <laughs> you're on the back row with Chris Rose and Steve Mascord, and we've got Eddie on the phone. Eddie, concussion, it's on your mind? Uh, hello, guys. It's your usual Eddie that likes to call in on a Sunday. We love to hear from um, you, mate. What have you got? In terms of the whole concussion debacle, I think given given the advancement in technology that we've got, it's obviously allowing a, a more in-depth knowledge of what's actually happening to people physically when they're playing rugby league. But at the same time, you look at players back in the day that had day jobs doing trades and whatnot. They, they were doing their trades during the day and then going to trading up in the afternoon. This day and age, you've got players that are training and working their bodies 24-7 and trying to stay, stay in physical peak fitness. When you've got an entire competition of people that are at that, I guess, level of competitiveness, the, the effect and the damage on the body in the, long, in the short term is going to be even greater than what it was back in the day. Well, you'd have to think, though, that the training, while it makes them, I guess it's uh, reaction and uh, whatever that expression is. Yeah. yeah. Equal Very reaction. Opposite. There's an equal yeah, and opposite reaction. Yeah, yeah. So, Thank so, you, Isaac Newton. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I meant. So so obviously they're fit enough to inflict a lot of damage, but they're also fit enough to absorb more. So, uh, um, you know, I don't know. Maybe they cancel each other out, Eddie. I'm, I'm not sure. But is there that issue, Steve, with the modern player? I mean, the average size, weight. You know, speed. I guess things that Eddie's alluding to mean that the forces in play are greater. I and mean, we've got any physicists in this room? <laughs> well, no. I guess I guess we only we have to look at other sports that have been full time professional uh, longer than rugby league, and and to see the evidence. And certainly, if we look at what's happened in the NFL, then uh, then you've got a point there, Eddie. Thanks very much, Eddie. Great to hear from you, mate. Love you, Eddie. Have a good week. Cheers. Have a good week, guys. Uh, it's always great to hear from Eddie, isn't good it? Eddie, is I recall of this show, always supportive, always having a view. Have we established for an absolute fact that he is not the creature appears on the front of all the Iron Maiden records. He'd <laughs> <laughs> be taller than you, that is he? Steve, a question almost without notice. So we've got Bortles Believer on the Twitter saying, can you define ambulant for him? No. <laughs> Terrific. Let's get back to the book. Now, this weekend, this weekend was the second phase of the Rugby League Players Association protest their political action on the back of the flat back cap, which I think Rose is wearing one at the moment. Wow was the, depending on whether you believe the Fairfax or the Murdoch press, the dark green or turquoise tape on the wrist, on the head, a la Josh Maguire. Um, this is all around the value of the game, and I think 29% is the negotiation, disgusting wrestling point at the moment. You wrote a piece that was in your book about the game and how the NRL players see their contribution to the game. What were you saying there? Well, firstly, I don't have a strong opinion as to whether the players are asking for too much or too little or whether the NRL's position is wrong. I haven't seen their books. I don't know. But all, all I wrote in the column last year, which is reproducing the book, is that never trust anyone who calls themselves the game because I've been to plenty of <laughs> rugby league games where I didn't see a, any NRL players. I didn't see any NRL officials. And what I saw in front of me was still rugby league. Rugby league... Is, is kept alive by people. It's a, yep. it's a pursuit. It's a pursuit. It's like it's like uh, 
You know, it's like going to the loo. You know, it's kept alive by those of us who do it all the time. You're you know, right, it's, not, it's not owned by the toilet, okay? And 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 you, as long you learn as, a lot on this show. As, lo- as long as as long as we keep going to the toilet, we'll keep <laughs> number ones and number twos alive. Yes. You know what I mean? And so so you know, I I don't <laughs> fullbacks and wingers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So so you know, and I really I just don't believe that. Uh, I don't like it when the NRL call themselves the game. I don't hear the RFL in England call themselves the game uh, very often but I guess if the NRL are going to call themselves a game then 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 you know the the Spanish rugby league could equally call themselves a game uh, but in Los Spanish Gemos. yes Los Gemos. <laughs> but I, they I look, don't it's for some reason it's only in this country yeah. that the people go around calling themselves the game yeah well look it, I can't agree with you more because anyone who calls himself the game is a dastardly bad guy and no, no better person than the game Triple H what a baddie <laughs> you're on Triple M the back row <laughs> You are on the back row. We are missing an arm and a leg, otherwise known as A.H. Cayley. I'm stuck here with Andrew Rose, but I'm blessed to have Steve Mascord. That was garbage with cherry lips. And I think, Steve, you said they used to have how many dat machines on stage? 32 dat machines, I believe. What's uh, a dat machine? <laughs> Did you have any more? tape recorder, right? Yeah, they were, they were like 45s for, for all we know. That was a long time ago. I'm yeah. just excited to hear Remember a... Remember CD-ROMs? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I'm just excited to hear a sequencer. <laughs> Speaking of mine, garbage. Yeah, no, no. I like trash too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of live shows, a little bit of updates I've got to give you guys. Firstly, uh, Tomorrowland, I think in Spain, had a, had a festival uh, overnight. It's electronic dance music, Rose. It's something you don't understand. No, I don't understand any of it at all. But apparently the giant stage with all the lights was uh, lit on fire during one of the performances uh, tonight and the whole stage burned down. No, they- no, it was before the performance because the punters heard that Steve Aoki, the next DJ, was about to play. So they decided <laughs> to set the place on fire. It wasn't yeah. Stephen Ferris. No, 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 it wasn't Stephen Ferris. I'm wondering, rather than endure that, I'm wondering what song was playing during the fire. Yeah, I was producer Felix here with my new track. Oh, oh yeah, right, Felix, you so and so. Anyway, might have been a prodigy song. Yeah. <laughs> now speaking of concerts, I'm I went a to one. Starter. I went Cut to a by con- Gene Simmons. Yes, mm. <laughs> that's right. Our good friend Gene Simmons. <laughs> Sorry, we're not allowed to mention Gene Simmons on Triple A. I you, apologize. You didn't. Never... You didn't mention it, Steve. Dumb, dumb. Uh, so I went to a concert this week on Monday night. I went and saw LCD Sound System. The Turn of the grey LCD sound system out of retirement, performing. Now, the reason I bring this up to you guys is because something happened at the concert that I think both of you could probably, all of us here could probably relate to, and that is the backwards dancing fan. Do you know what this is? When you're standing watching a concert, and uh, it was me and my partner Zoe, and the fan in front of us started moving around, and Zoe, like halfway through the concert, turned to me and goes, I can't do this anymore. And I go, what? The music? She goes, no, the girl in front of me just keeps shoving her ponytail in my face. So she dances backwards so they dance kind of backwards onto that's you that's what you get for going to see banjo can dance to that's right that's right you just want to be there stock still except for your head going up and down in a bobbing motion so to speak. so i just swapped places with zoe and i said all right so i crossed my arms so every time she danced backwards she danced into my elbow that's the right thing to do you got to be passive yeah you know once you push back you 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 you're as bad as them yeah yeah because yeah, yeah. she gives me a look every time she dances into me like i'm a creep like i'm like mm. no you're dancing in into me do you i mean you guys you're chris you're you're about 10 Foot tall, he so. has no problems with anything. <laughs> he just stands there. Yeah. I, I, I am, I am at one end of the spectrum, and my my rules at gigs are: I will walk as close to the front of the stage as I can right. without pushing in front of everybody. Right, right. Mm. So once I've got as far as I can, people cannot object if they then choose to stand behind me. Yes, but you're also so people often mistake you for Eddie out of Iron Maiden. <laughs> no, that's right. You're also punctual. That was me calling before. You're very punctual. You get to concerts early, and I don't even know why you pay for half these festival tickets. You could just stand next to the fence that they've <laughs> erected and see everything. 
everything. What fine. I find is that the older you get, to uh, people suddenly like like to go and see like a band like Cheap Trick or and they have to sit down. Right, you know, oh, that's it's just crazy. ridiculous. Like, Absolutely and also crazy. also like to go and see like Def Leppard or Motley Crue, and someone will say, "You just stood in front of me. You stood right in front mm. of me. It's a rock concert. Yeah, yeah. you know, like, if there's enough room in front of me, you should jump in front of me. Yeah, there's like, not like, enough robustness, is there? Yeah, no, no. But you don't have to be aggressive, right? But if ever you, you, it ruins the atmosphere if everyone stands back like it's Akabilk. You know what I mean? Like no one's having a good time. If, you know what I mean? So, yeah. so, so, in order to have a good time, you're polite to everybody, but you get as close as you can, uh, you know, and and you enjoy yourself. That you need that little frisson. You need that little bit of aggressiveness. It's a rock show. Bit of edge. I, I'm with you, Rose. I, I'm very much opposed to the backwards dancing, but I'm yeah. mainly opposed to the backpack wearers. Oh, okay, uh, backpack. Nothing more annoying than getting clocked by a backpack from someone what, shimming from side to side. What do you propose they do with the backpack? Not bring a Chris? backpack. Oh, but, but what, what about a long festival? Well, check it at the front. Okay, the front okay. okay. So we're going to ban all backpacks I from all I don't like concerts. gigs where you can't dress like the band. Oh, so if, you know, yeah. if, the, if the band's got eyeliner and if the band's got sort of uh, your 12-inch heels, then I should be able to wear that. You know That's why I mean? I'm never let into any Slipknot concerts. <laughs> That's what we're all about here on the have back row. Have you heard some people went to, they said uh, Slipknot are coming to the nightclub after the show and uh, they actually put the masks on and they got VIP, free drinks all night. They, <laughs> and they never took the masks off. Yeah, I, think we did, I, think we, I think we pretended to be the bloody Beatrice <laughs> once and have a got, whole, got a whole concert. Music well. But, uh, look, there was, a good, there was a happy ending to the story and that is after about five minutes of her backing into my elbow, they, the whole group she left. She started to bleed. Yes, <laughs> and they danced somewhere else and I got a round of applause from everyone around me. Maybe it's because LCD just finished a song, but I'm pretty sure it was for me. First time ever. You're <laughs> listening to The Back Row on Triple M. So you're here on The Back Row on Triple M with Chris Gale, Andrew Rose and special guest Steve Mascord, manfully substituting in for the much lamented and missed A.H. Cayley on Ooh. assignment in Fiji. Rose, by the way, The Back Row, we're apparently the arse end of Triple M's weekly rugby league coverage. Is that so, Chris Gale? And speaking of arse ends, we turn again to Steve Mascord. Now... <laughs> Uh, Who well, said you were the arse end? <laughs> well, it was just one of these little taglines. Oh, right, okay. We've just been declared. So, the fans have I think spoken. Fans, yeah. Something about we were the last bit of the rugby league coverage for the week or something like that. <laughs> Steve, in the book... Uh, you're you're sp- a much cheaper Monday night football. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. yes. In every possible way. <laughs> yes, more entertaining. Do you remember Wacker the Emu? The, I do uh, remember Wacker the Emu. Oh, I went boy. to Monday night football back then. Yeah. Wait, mm. Don, I, Lane. I would, that's I, you, Don I, Lane. That's you, Don Lane. Great Don Lane. Can I be Bert? Yeah. Actually, it fits perfectly. Yeah, it does. If I, if the listeners could actually see you both, they would they would understand what I'm doing. Now, Don, about. hello, girls. <laughs> well, we've, we've got Bert in the wheel on tonight. It's going to be a great show. Great Don, show. Don! But look, uh, if anyone has the whack of the emu suit, I'm prepared to pay a bit of money for it. And the it. Stanley the Steel Avenger suit. Oh, the Stanley the Steel Avenger. <laughs> AH would you know, give something pretty important, I think, to get hold of that suit. Yeah, yeah. Steve, you spend your time in the book uh, primarily, but not exclusively, between the United Kingdom and Australia. And you've um, been writing this week and also in the book about the impact and the approach of the British Rugby League. It's almost like the restrictions on the resources create innovation. I think in your set of six column this week, you're talking about a possible magic weekend. And how does the British thing work for you? Uh, I love it because they're so desperate, you know, because they're obviously uh, uh, boxed in, uh, you know, with the national media shrinking in the UK. They mm. get less and less uh, national publicity. The Sky money is uh, not bad, but it's uh, not great and it's not going to go up. BBC couldn't have offered something like 10,000 pounds 
chance to show a test match earlier this year when they played Samoa. Well, so they don't really have a choice but to look outwards. And one of the best rugby league things I've ever been to, right up there with uh, the Steelers at Dapto Showground in 1982 when I got the corner post, was uh, the Toronto Wolfpack first home game. Because or you get so much defeatism both here and in the UK that people don't like rugby league. It's a working class sport. Why do yeah. people waste their time? Mm. And then you go to somewhere like Canada where people don't even know what rugby is. Right. I mean, if, you, if the guys threw the ball forward, they wouldn't be surprised. Mm. And they just love it. They have a great time. And, you know, they, um, and, and they just don't have that closed mind. And rugby league is a small sport which should be able to be moved dynamically yeah. because we don't have, you know, all the red tape of rugby union or all those sports that have a massive presence. So if we, you know, if I, look, I have set up in, in the last 24 hours, the Albania Rugby League Twitter and Facebook page. I did it today. Wow. Right. And my idea is because I read and I've heard from uh, Rob Bergen, uh, who I called Rob Rocco last time I was in the studio, Rob <laughs> Bergen, that a lot of, in a lot of places where rugby league has started, it started with the Facebook page. Yeah. And so people, people just send an e- email in and, and suddenly they go, oh, I'll start it. I'll, I'll do that. And so, and that's a great thing about rugby league being such a small sport is that the sky should be the limit. You should be able to do anything because we're not beholden wow. to a hundred years of rugby union history. So um, that's what I'm saying uh, in it. In England, in England, they're thinking like that. In that, there is a there's a team from Toulouse who are going to come into Super League, hopefully in the next two years. Uh, hopefully, London will go back up in the next month. You never know; they're my team. London Catalans are just holding on, but also Toronto Wolfpack will probably go, will definitely go up to the second uh, level to the championship. And now there are uh, there's rumours about uh, which I I understand you know have a good basis about a team in New York City. Wow. I know the RFL. Are, I know the RFL are looking for a rich guy in Dublin. Any rich guys in Dublin listening? So, so so they have. To do it, they don't have a they Hello, don't have a choice. Bono. Yeah, they I mean, don't have done, a choice. He's done so much for world peace. Surely oh, he could do something for rugby Bono league. Bono could be like, the I, new Russell Crowe. A lot of people think like I write two stories a week for the uh, RFL, uh, and people think oh, so you're going to talk them up. I, I'm not talking them up because I'm saying the state of the game. They've got a lot of challenges. State of the game there in many uh, ways is poor, but that motivates them to yeah. look beyond their borders, and I it's li- a motivation we don't have here. Yeah, I like I like what you said about uh, to start something that big. All you need to do is start a Facebook page. So you're telling me all I need to do to start the the bow Pelicans rugby league team is just to start a Facebook? That already exists. I, I signed up two Pelicans. days ago to the Afghanistan rugby league Facebook page and now I know where it's coming from. <laughs> and, 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 go, I'll give you a clue. Yeah. They both start with A. You've got to start somewhere. Yeah, you got to start somewhere. <laughs> I, I, by the way, I'm getting on board with the Toronto Wolfpack and I believe Dave Taylor the train might be as well. Mm. Um, look, just, Khalifa Fifi Law as well. He's signed with them in the last two days. Mm. And you were very kind to do a somewhat raucous podcast with my mate Sam Perry on the hill. And oh, yes. his uh, cohort, Tim Sparks, was stuck down in Melbourne, home of the storms. But you were at a rugby league international meeting, I believe, where Triple M's Billy Harrigan spoke and said to... No, it wasn't an international meeting. Basically, there's a thing every... Uh, it's at Riley's Sports Bar and Haymarket in the city. And uh, it's called... And this is the thing that Aussies don't really understand. It's called Super League. Thursday and basically it's for people who live in the south to watch a game on the big screen it's for the rugby league community in London to get together mm. and you know we d- you don't kind of understand here but people in London feel as isolated from Super League as we are sitting here now it's right. you know it's like they, they feel yeah, totally right. isolated so it's a way for them to get together there's a thing called the London Rugby League Foundation and uh, in the next Super League uh, uh, sat, uh, Thursday in August we're doubling up to launch my book so it's going to be a, it's awesome. be a good we should we should fly over like an OB How sure why not and but it was great you your mate, because he's, he's like, I interview musicians
questions and I get very like, oh, I hope, you know, I didn't do anything wrong and blah, blah, blah. And he, he sent me a thing going, look, I really apologize for saying several times that we were drunk during that podcast. And I'm like, you know, we didn't hurt anybody. We accept our brain cells. I, I think it's probably a good listen, you know. So I don't, I don't think I, you know, I know you're not supposed to talk also about, you know, excessive drinking and stuff, but we'd, but we'd had a few I had a few drinks, but I thought it was a good listen. I didn't think anyone was harmed, you know. It, right. it was a great listen. And, and did you hear Billy Harrigan say something to all Tigers fans to get over the 89 grand final, the Bruce Maguire penalty call? Uh, did he say that during the podcast? You don't remember that? Uh, he, he walked past. I didn't hear what he said, actually. Lawrence. Well, I just want to say to Bill, I haven't got over it. You're listening to <laughs> the back row on Triple M. We'll be back to close soon. Well, as we reach a crescendo, you're on the back row with Rose, Chris, and Mascord, if we can call you by that short appellation, Steve. You're already taking me for granted. I've been here for 40 minutes. You're already calling me by my second Steve-o. name. Steve-o. We're getting ready for the return of age. third class to be called by my... Massey. Masco. Masco. So this is... This cloth, someone used to call me. final segment, and it is the back row of the week. Back rower of the week. <laughs> I love your de- first time deliveries into our segments. You sound so sure, Chris. Yeah. Well, it's, it's almost like you're not sure if the sound's going to come or not. Like, this is back rower of the week. I'm just sort of reaching into the abyss of my life and just hoping for the best. <laughs> and uh, Steve, as our special guest, you get to lead us off with back rower of the week. But before you do, just one more reminder of where we got the book. And I think you've got an upcoming event as well. Yeah, I'm uh, doing the... I'm doing. I'm a rock star on tour. No, yes. I'm going to. I will be attending. The um, uh, the Rugby League Trivia Night, which is at the Shakespeare, hosted by the great Aaron Wallace from Fox Sports. Uh, it is on uh, Wednesday the 9th at the Shakespeare Hotel. Uh, and uh, I don't know what I'll actually be doing. I think I'll just hope to sell a few books. But uh, yes. if you come along, I'll we'll have a beer and uh, I'll write in a book or I won't ruin it if you don't want me to. <laughs> and I'm also, I, w- I really want to do uh, uh, launches in Canberra, Melbourne and the Gold Coast. Uh, if you know anyone there who would, uh, knows a few rockers and a few rugby league types who just wants to stand around and have a beer, send me an email, uh, touchstonesbook at gmail.com. Now, Steve, do you want to get involved with Back Row of the Week? Do you I have will. a Back Row? I, I, I will, but I don't know anyone in general news. So I thought I would take the opportunity to plug guys, great new music by great old bands because current bands like Great White, Junkyard, Black Star Riders, Rhino Bucket, uh, uh, Sweet and Lynch just had a new album out today. Living Colour have got one coming up. Wow. So my uh, Back Rower of uh, the Week is going to be Eric Martin of Mr. Big, who was so scared that his bandmates were going to put an instrumental on the new album Defying <laughs> Gravity that he wrote a song called Everybody Needs a Little Trouble in one hour afternoon and it's the best song on the entire album he was so scared that his voice would not appear on one track that he did that so uh it's great album defying gravity mr big well steve you really are a cult of personality i love (laughs) there you go uh now my back row of the week i was gonna look i'll be honest with you guys here my back row of the week was gonna be the mooch scaramooch the new uh you know spokesperson mr fandango yeah (laughs) yeah the the new (laughs) spokesperson for the trump administration but let's be honest, he's only been in there for a week. He's done a lot in a week and a bit, but he's a bit of an idiot. So I'm not going to make him my back row of the week anymore. You reminded me of something else I've watched. I've been listening to a lot this week, Steve. And that is a good friend of mine from school, PJ Lane, has been a friend of mine for a very, very long time. And his father was the late, great Don Lane. Oh, and wow. during my childhood, he used to drive me to basketball practice and take me to school pretty regularly. I had no idea at the age of 14 how talented Don truly was. He was just the father of one of my mates. But just recently, since I've kind of dived into this world of radio, uh, his son, PJ, has given me some of the radio shows that Don Lane and Bert Newton used to do back in the late 70s on 3UZ in Melbourne. They used to, their shows used to cross over for half an hour, and for half an hour every morning, they'd just riff in this 
old style vaudevillian style of radio. If you want to check it out, it's on YouTube. Don Lane and Bert Newton on radio in the late 70s. It is some of the best radio I've ever heard in my life and it's taught me a lot. So I want to make Don Lane and Bert Newton my back rowers of the That's week. That's awesome. And you just decided that after we discussed them earlier. You reminded yeah, me yeah. I was going to talk about the mooch, but I was like, Don Lane and Bert destroy the mooch. Let's so, talk about them. Yeah, so yeah. good if we get a wheel on this show. Yeah. Uh, look, for me... Uh, and you ruined so- his moment. <laughs> That's all he does. That's all I do. Story of my life. Some people say this is Supreme Leader John Grant's last great Queensland double cross, but uh, as well as Peter Beattie, my back row of the week this, year, uh, this week is Megan Davis, who's going to be the new Australian Rugby League Commissioner. She's a proud cobble-cobble woman. She's been a law professor at the University of New South Wales, a commissioner on the New South Wales Land and Environment Court, a UN Fellow of the United Nations High Commission for Human Rights, a Cowboys fan. Oh, no. And she goes watch the Newtown Jets oh, that's at right. Henson Park. <laughs> that says rugby no, but, league. No, but but what, what qualification best suits her next endeavour? UN peacekeeper. Perfect, exactly. <laughs> Negotiate for the RLPA and those flatback caps and that tape. Steve, the last word to you. Touchstones, everyone get out to it. And I think you're doing a trivia night coming up. We already Didn't we already say that? I don't think we did. That, oh, no, anyway, anyway. Yes, yeah, so, so it's uh, next Wednesday on the 9th of August. It's Aaron Wallace's Rugby League Trivia Night. I had such a good time last year. We won with a question about Robert Stone and Picton. So uh, <laughs> I, I, I advise everyone to get involved in that anyway. And uh, I will have copies of the book there. And I'm looking to do launches in other parts of uh, the, the country. So if anyone's interested, touchstonesbook at gmail.com. Steve Mascord, thank you so much for being with us this week. Thank you, Andrew Rose. Thank you, Chris. I thought you've uh, you've uh, you've done a great job tonight, but we we, we do miss AH and it, we wish her back. It'll soon. be so great to have AH Kaylee back, and thank you for your support over there, Felix, as well. We've welcome. been the back row. We'll see you next week to discuss more rugby league. Bye. Embarrassing and incompetent. You've been listening to the back row catch up here at live on Triple M Sydney Sunday night, right after the footy.